Hello and welcome to a special post-Christmas edition of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Not a whole lot of basketball action to talk <laughs> about, Damo, so we might have to pat it out with some, some Christmas talk and New Year's talk, but even New Year's has been cancelled, so you won't be heading out <laughs> anywhere for that. But we're back here on the show, we'll talk some NBL business. There's a lot going on despite not a lot of on-court action, so thanks to Hoops Heaven for making this possible. We'll hear from the scoring machine, Sean Redditch, during this show as well. But I'm Chris Pike. Merry Christmas to everybody. Damien Martin. How's things? Yeah, Merry Christmas. It's still that interim between Christmas and New Year's where it's you don't know what the day is, you don't know what the time <laughs> is, you don't look at your watch. It's been great, to be honest. So I've still got to work. I should be purely on the phone. Mm. I'd have no idea what the inside of our office looks like <laughs> right now. I've been avoiding it at all costs and enjoying the little bit of sport we have. Mm. And then I get excited for a bit of cricket. It's over in two and a half days. So no, a lot of time in my neighbour's pool. Yep. We don't have a pool, but I think our neighbour gave us a fake offer of, hey, you know, the kids can, I've got two daughters, the girls can always come around and use the pool whenever they like. And he... Uh, she showed me how to get in there yep. and uh, last three <laughs> days we've been there three from three. <laughs> so appreciate that to my neighbour. Right. But yeah, pool, way too much food, afternoon naps, can't go wrong this time of year. Now for those listeners not in Perth, Damo, can you give people some idea of how hot Christmas Day was? Oh, that's disgustingly hot. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Christmas, Boxing Day, it's been high 30s every single day. And yeah, I spend. I, I'm dreading my next power bill oh, yes. because I know that that aircon has been on way way longer than it should be. <laughs> but when you can only go to the pool, you know, kind of pre 10 a.m. and yeah. then after 4 p.m. Oh, you're it's even too yeah. hot to be in the pool. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you know it's been warm out west. So on, imagine if you were on Christmas morning, you'd gone up and gone to your your in-laws for the morning, and then you were driving driving back home, and then you 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 managed to run out of petrol out of traffic oh. lights. <laughs> Um, and then you had a look through the car and you left your wallet at home as well. Oh. So you could see a petrol station down the road that mm-hmm. you were planning on stopping at, but you couldn't buy anything from there anyway because you didn't have your wallet. Um, you're sitting in the car with the traffic lights. It's You're, you're just covered in sweat by this point. Just it's Christmas day. Christmas morning, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, maybe it's by about midday by this time. So imagine how hot it is in your car. And for some reason, the cars behind you don't catch on that you've got your hazard lights on, so they just start queuing up and start beeping their horns and abusing oh. you and telling you to move. But... You can't go anywhere. Oh, that's um, why you kept calling. Sorry for ignoring yeah. the calls, mate. <laughs> so, I mean, that it's not quite ideal, but I, I managed managed to get back home. But, and I had all my food. Hang work. on. So you've had to pull over. I didn't even get to pull over. Just My car just conked out, <laughs> out the lights. <laughs> on, on the freeway? No. Where were you? It was on... It was on... Well, was it not freeway? There's a petrol station. I there. think it was on Wanneroo Road, the turn where you're turning onto Hepburn Ave. Uh-huh. If anyone knows Perth, you, the Kingsway Shopping Centre is on the other side of the road. <laughs> So it's a quite a busy intersection. Um, not much protection from the heat. It's quite hot. Um, and then you've just got to wait for someone to come bring you some money and give you a lift down the, to the petrol station. You've got to go back and fill up your car. And Merry Christmas. And then at the same time, I was cooking food for my whole family back at home too. So I had to get home to my food and that was all cooking. While I was out at the in-laws, I had to go back to back home to then get back to cooking the food. I was quite a, quite a steaming mess by that point, as you can imagine, Damo. That is, uh, that's an incredible Christmas. I had no idea you went through that. And you get no sympathy because it's my fault. I mean, well, you, you it, see it, the red it, light. Did the red it, light come on? It, of course it did. But I, I, I love tempting it. That's yeah, one, know, one of my favourite things in life. It, it's, it's great when you make it home and you did make it, but it's not so great Until when you don't. Until your wife ma- gets in the car and says, how long has the red light ex- been exactly. on? Exactly. But it's not so great when you don't make it. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. So close. So close. And I've got another, with our guest later, the scoring machine, Sean Reddidge, he thinks it was a good Christmas present, but... I gave away some Christmas presents, which I'll re- reveal later in the show. And the reaction from those opening, the kids were okay, but the adults that opened these gifts probably weren't that <laughs> appreciative. So stay tuned to the to the show later on to find out what they were. And the three kids were wearing their gift around the house on Christmas, so mm-hmm. they liked it. But I'm not sure if the adults are going to get much use out of it, Damo. So maybe a donation of sourdoughs, <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> but um, as we said, we only ended up with two two games last week in the NBL, which we'll oh. talk about a little bit. Um, we've got some feedback. You've been calling for feedback, Damo, on our yeah, show. Please reach out. So Instagram, here we go. I don't know Twitter, if this is not sure if this was the feedback you were hoping for. So we talked a lot about the Deng Deng Vic Law incident yeah. last week. So David Knight got in touch. He's a big fan of our show. So thank you for listening, firstly, David, and please keep listening. So he's he's directed this to you, to you, Damo. Hey, fan of your show. Just a correction on your Deng Deng flop saga. They both got texts, Law and Deng, but the free throws were for the common foul on Deng. Law should have been ejected, even though a soft headbutt still led with the head. It was a great distraction by the Wildcats fans and Wilbur. 
But more needs to be said about not leading with the head. Check Sobey's ejection in the in the grand final of 2018. Still love your show. Keep up the great work. But I don't know if he saw things how you did, Damon. Maybe he's a Bullets fan. You know what? I've got a question for you, Pike. You're reading this. And, yeah, thanks, David. We do appreciate all feedback, so keep it coming. If that wasn't played in Perth, because it was one of the loudest atmospheres I've ever been in. Hmm. And so I was doing yep. the courtside commentary that night. You've got Wilbur, the Wildcats <laughs> mascot, on the floor reenacting the flop, you hmm. know, making a whole big scene. Crowd was in hysterics, laughing, booing, cheering. You name it, it was happening. Had the exact same actions happened in Brisbane? Do you think? Do you think it had something to do with the outcome? Was the crowd's reactions and the yeah. big? Because this got shown over and over and over again <laughs> well, on the big well, screen uh, yeah. that everyone kept laughing and booing every time that yeah. the flop occurred. But maybe that did have something to do with with the outcome of Law. Do you think it was? Do you think Law should have got ejected as David said, as per Allah Sobi in 2017-18? I or do you think it was handled yeah. the right way? I actually think the referees got it right. I mm. don't think the headbutt was strong enough to deserve an ejection. I think a tech foul was fine for that. Mm-hmm. I think the flop was fair enough to get a tech foul for that. So I actually think them both getting a tech foul was probably fair enough. Um, I still don't think the headbutt was strong enough to deserve an ejection. You, you, I mean, you, you obviously never want to have any contact with your head, but when it's that soft of... Con- I know you, wanna, you don't want to encourage other people to do it, but I, I still don't think you need an ejection. I don't think Deng needed to be ejected either for what he did. I think, <laughs> I think the embarrassment he got was more than worse than anything. I think a fine for law in the end, and a, I guess it was a suspended sentence or, or whatever the end result was. I think that was fair enough. I actually think the end result was was probably what it needed to be. Um, so texts cancel each other out. The free throws were for the common goal. Thank you for that correction. Common foul, sorry. Uh, so in the end, Brisbane still benefited. And no, pro- it, it should yeah. be how it is because obviously yeah. it started with, a, with the headbutt. So no, but, but feedback, it, David, I think you're... Yeah, I mean, if Deng didn't flop, then they would have got the extra foul for the tech the tech on Vic as well. So that it was Deng that cost them the, the punishment that Vic actually mm. received for the headbutt. So I think, I think it was a fair enough result, but... I wouldn't mind more of this feedback to put Damo on the spot, so keep it keep it coming. Yeah, well, um, I didn't I didn't agree with the ejection for Sobs in twenty seventeen. Oh, that, like so. That I, pro- ultimately, <laughs> that probably just hyped the championship. Exactly right. So I didn't agree with that one. Glad I didn't. I didn't agree with Sobs' ejection at the start of the season either. That was pretty rough when he got ejected <sighs> in in round one as well. It is if you turn and swear at the ref in their face. You know, I don't know what Bryce said, but that's his first and only ever tech foul yep. as a pro athlete. Yep. But the second it was called, Bryce knew it was in the wrong. Yep. So whatever he said, he knew, okay, I'm getting a tech here. Best way to respond is you know, basically go on a 10-0 run yeah. single-handedly. For Sobzo, that's your second tee. You put yourself yeah. in that place. So a, fall, a bit of it does fall on the player. It's, it's that first tech. I, you know, like yep. I know some people might be a bit cautious about where the second one is sure. from a referee's perspective. But you've got to remember, two texts and you're out of the game yep. and it's easy to fire away an F-bomb or something mm. inappropriate in the heat of the moment. Especially so, when you're in overtime, first game of yeah. the season, you're feeling the, the heat. I yeah. hated seeing that. You want to see the best players out on the court, falls on both shoulders, players and, and refs, but Sobe said something and I think straight away everyone knew, see you later, yep. unfortunately. He didn't have Joey Wright as his coach this time though, so that, that could have even been been more entertaining if, if he did. <laughs> um, now, the main talking point right now, Damo, we had a couple of games last weekend, but it's the COVID chaos. Oh. I mean, how, how would have you handled it when you were a player preparing for a game? Say you're in the Wildcats' shoes, you head over to Adelaide you, to start a six-week road trip, you're p- preparing to play on a Tuesday night, and then all of a sudden that game's cancelled, you end up finding out that you don't have even probably go to Tasmania now, you have to head straight up to Cairns to prepare for an opponent you weren't preparing for to play on New Year's Eve. How would have you handled this situation? And how tough would it be on the players? Look, I think a lot of it would have been addressed prior to even leaving because the, the real adversity is the fact that they're on the road for six and a half weeks. Sure. Now, who they play, that's Groundhog Day. You're going to have a scout. You're going to have game day shoot around. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you passed it the night before. All of that is routine regardless of which city you're in. But it's just the fact that they're leaving for six and a half weeks. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a matter of, hey, enjoy the mateship, the camaraderie. Enjoy getting a good sleep in for those who have young kids. Yeah, yep. uh, and you do. You, now, you can't fake it all. You know that you're just going to flat out miss your wife. You're going to miss your children, your mm. partners, whoever it may be. You're going to wish you were home for New Year's Eve, whatever it is. Yeah. Put, push that aside. Focus on the positives because at the end of the day, you get to be on the road with good mates, food's provided for you, good accommodation, playing a game you love. Mm-hmm. Focus on the positives. And then when these little spanners get thrown your way every now and then, just... <laughs> yeah. Deal with it, jump back on a plane and move on to the next game. Because, yeah, like you said, they thought they would have played Adelaide by now and preparing for a Brisbane on New Mm. Year's Eve. Instead, they're up in Cairns. (laughs) So take it as it comes because after six and a half weeks, you don't have to go to an airport for quite some Mm. time and and embrace that. So there's silver lining to everything. The Wildcats have always 
handled that type of thing really well because they always travel longer than every mm-hmm. other team. For me, th- no one can compete with what the breakers go through. Yep. So I don't care what any other team is doing. Just say, hey, New Zealand haven't been home and won't be home for another three or four months. Well, again, this year, I mean, the, the New Zealand borders are closed again. It doesn't look like they will get back. Yeah, I don't think season. they'll play a home game yep. in New Zealand. Yep. So it's, it's bad for some teams, but it's worse for one in particular. I reckon the Webster brothers are about the happiest of anyone right now. They're, they're very happy they didn't. They got out of their breakers' contracts, I would have thought. Yeah, they're playing basketball, travelling freely, got home <laughs> games. Look, it's, it's just one of those things. You want to play professional sport in this yeah. day and age, there's going to be adverse. The NBA, you know, yeah. you've got teams, teams literally mm. full of COVID. <laughs> yeah. uh, not just games getting cancelled, but yeah. teams with players. Uh, yeah, so could be worse. It's just one of those things, that unfortunately, you can't control. So... Focus on what you can and look forward yeah. to it. How would it be reacted when your games are cancelled? Say you're preparing for a game on a Wednesday night, you still think you're playing on a Thursday night, then all of a sudden, either on the Wednesday night or first thing Thursday morning, you find out your game's cancelled. How would you handle that? Yeah, they're not robots. Mm. At the end of the day, the players would have been frustrated initially going, we've just flown out, you know, technically three days earlier than they would have had to have left Perth mm. had this game been yeah. cancelled with more notice. Instead, they're going to have to jump back on a plane. So there's that initial frustration and anger, mm. but by the time you land in Cairns in this circumstance, boom, you, you know, as Trevor would have said, flush it, flush down the toilet, move on, don't mm. think about it again, uh, and move forward. So that's how to be handled. I'd say by the time they landed in Cairns, done and dusted, let's enjoy being in the tropics and focus yep. on the Taipans. I think this whole situation, out of every team I would have thought, it's affecting or it's come at the worst time possible for the Adelaide 36ers more than anybody. Oh. So their last game was back on December 18 when they got murdered by the Cairns Taipans <laughs> up in Cairns. They were they lost by 26, I think it was, in the end. But they I were, think you said it's but the worst loss of the, of the season yeah, so was. far. And they were 40 points down with three minutes to go. And now, they don't play again now until January's the 7th. So they've still got another, from now, what is it, eight or nine days before they play again. So it's going to be... You're getting close to a month before you get to play. Get to play again in the players' hands. Um, I mean, mean, how do you how do you respond to a situation like that? Because the the thing that you want to do the most after a loss like that is get back on the court as soon as you can, and they're going to be more than three weeks before they get to. Well, they've got a combination of factors. You know, if they're going through COVID protocol, they may not be on the court. Yeah, absolutely. So they've got to juggle the physical requirements to be able Mm. to play 40 minutes of NBA basketball whilst either in a hotel room or more than likely just at home, mm. but whatever, you know, they've got at-home facilities. Yeah. But then the mental as well. So, yes, it was a bad loss, but it was just one game. Mm. They are better than what they showed. Mm. So, secondly, how can you kind of reinvigorate the players? Because typically a coach, yep, you're going to watch it, you're going to feel horrible, you take it out on the court, you take it out on each other, you stay back, you get extra work in individually after training. You do that for the first three or four days mm. after a bad loss. Then you're preparing for the next game. Yeah. You go out there, do whatever it takes to try and win, rectify the yeah. previous loss, move on. Yeah. These guys can't do that. So <laughs> CJ, this is his biggest hurdle so far. New head coach, mm. after a loss, how does he take the lessons from that loss, instill it in the players to make them better players, but then have them physically and as much as anything mentally ready because you can't just keep focusing on that because the mental drain will show over yeah. a three-week period. So how do you get to have fun even mm. if you can't be in front of each other with COVID protocols? So... Yeah, CJ's got a lot in his hands. The leaders in the group, I'm hoping they're sending through funny uh, chats through their group yeah. chats, keeping it lighthearted, keeping it fun, motivating each mm. other, making sure they're doing the work from you know 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. in their house physically yep. Yep. and then having a bit of mental relief, a bit yeah. of banter, a bit of fun, especially this time of year where it's hard enough to focus on basketball with Christmas and New Year's yeah. and, and those fun things you like to be part of. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's other teams that have got it similar. So the Phoenix played their last game on December 18. They don't now play again until January the 8th. <laughs> the Hawks have had a, had a couple of their games cancelled already. So they last played December 19. They don't play again until January the 9th. Um, yeah, we mentioned the 36ers. Um, the Bullets are similar. So they last played December 19. They play again January the 9th. I mean, it's almost a, it's almost a mid-season break that, that no one planned for. I bet you know the beauty of it. While we're all consumed with Christmas mm. uh, and everything that goes on this time of the silly season... Once we're ready to go back into mm-hmm. our workforce, our normal jobs, <laughs> boom, there's yep, basketball on every day. Yep. So I, I look forward to having basketball on Monday through Friday uh, and then again on the weekend. So, yeah, it's going to be more like that NBA schedule mm. if we can get guys in and out of different cities with COVID. Uh, but touch wood, we're going to see every team yeah. still play their you know, 28 regular season games, 14 at home, 14 away, except for uh, New Zealand, unfortunately. Mm. Now, the games we did have last weekend, so technically the Kings and the Jack Jumpers last Wednesday night was part of round three, but 
we recorded our show last week before that game. So the Kings bounced back to beat the Jack Jumpers 83 to 71. Big big fourth quarter in in that game. Jerome Martin came up big for for the Kings. Obviously they played again a couple of days later and it wasn't the same result for them, but that was an important win for them at home against Tasmania. Huge win. Uh, I know I predicted the Kings in my top four in our first radio uh, we've had this season episode, but the reality is they've been pretty disappointing. Now, I know they've had some injuries, it's been a bit disrupted, but I think we finally saw a little bit more of what the Kings are capable of. We're still yet to see the best of DJ Vasilovic. Mm. He's coming back after a long injury. You know, we saw Wani Swaka Labolik. Yep. I thought he was fantastic yep. off the bench. And I just think the young group are now combining well with some of the older guys and the imports. So the chemistry is starting to develop because, yeah, they've, they've still got a great roster, a good coaching staff. And capable of doing special things, but they needed to beat a Jack Jumpers team and, yeah, they, and they took care of business. They, they did. Um, then the Jack Jumpers got their second win of the season. They were back home on, it was Boxing Day, wasn't it, this game? Yeah. Um, so they, they beat the Breakers. It wasn't easy, but they got the job done. The Breakers just couldn't make a shot in the end. That was the, that was the big difference. But I liked the game of Josh Adams. So mm. up, up until this game, he'd been very much relying on his three-point shooting. It hadn't really been falling. He changed his game for this one and became more aggressive, attacked the basket. Attacked the basket, got to the foul line eleven times, and ultimately it was probably probably the the main difference in the game. Well, he was finally the aggressor. Yep. Uh, like you said, I mean, getting to the free throw line for eleven attempts means you're more often than not attacking mm-hmm. and attacking on the rim. And when you got that type of athleticism, those ball handling skills, mm-hmm. you want to see that. Even if it's just to get you going. I know there's been games where Bryce, for example, hasn't been shooting the ball well yep. from the three point line. And he finished with 10 assists. Exactly right. All of a sudden, he'll still have the ball in his hands as long, but instead of stopping and popping behind an on-ball, he'll then hezzy, go by them and throw an alley-oop or Mm. kick out to an open shooter. Well, just on Bryce, how many more assists would he have had in his career if you could make a shot that he passed it it to? Oh, I think I'm still third on the NBA for the Wildcats for uh, highest shooting percentage in a season. I think K bumped me off. So let's just talk about that one season. <laughs> Ignore the, the other ten. Uh, look, the, if he had Vic Law instead <laughs> yeah. of me, woo, he would have a lot more. Uh, look, that's what great players do is they find ways to stay involved in the game. For Adams was getting to the free throw line. For Bryce is dropping ten assists and then you know feeling good. Uh, I like to see Sandals having too. Sandals stepping up as captain of this team. Yeah, he's shooting the ball well. He's aggressive. Yep. He's playing up and in defense. No, he, he, I think he got given the C next to his name and he's really embraced mm. it. And yeah, I know they've only got two wins so far, two, two out of their first six. But every game, you know, maybe one blowout, but the, all the other games, minus well, that they've Perth been one, they've yeah. been competitive. Yep. And uh, yeah, they'll get more wins as the season goes on. But I think Clint's been a big part of the couple they've got already. But he's had a very consistent season so far and, and will continue to do so. Yeah, and I feel for the breakers. They, they couldn't make a shot in this game and they, yeah. they just aren't having any luck. Then there was the Kings and United. Um, it wasn't as bad for Sydney as the last game, obviously, against Melbourne, but they still didn't get the win. Melbourne way too good. And Caleb Bagada... Um, he, he might not have started the season great, but he's now it's, he's now putting himself in MVP calculations. This was a fantastic all-round game, and he, Melbourne Melbourne have only got one import, and that might be all they need. Agada, 24 points, 14 rebounds, 4 steals, 3 blocks, 3 assists. Yep. He was phenomenal at both ends of the court. Yeah, he is a star, and just looks like he's having fun out there yep. as well. Yep. And, you know, they interviewed him, you know, when Goulding went seven three-pointers, mm. and he was having a bit of fun about how well... Like, he just... He, just, he said it was Steph, embracing Steph Curry. A very like Steph, Steph Curry, Curry yes. Yep. <laughs> he's just embracing his teammates, his role within that group, and I think he's understanding that, yes, we've got a deep roster, yes, we're a championship team from last season, but hang on, I'm an import. I've actually got to go and put points mm-hmm. on the board as well, and he was great. He was their best. So that and that was it. That was it. That's <laughs> our two games. <laughs> so, so what we'll do with our awards this week, Damo. So, firstly, the Damo Award, obviously for the best defensive player, and our our Redditch Award for the the best the the best player of the year. We will we'll combine rounds four and five, I and think so. we'll still only have four games to choose from. But at least <laughs> we'll find a winner. But thanks to the Damo Award. Gee, with this heat right now, nothing better than an Everlast drink, would there? Oh, it'd go down well in stores now. <laughs> Do love the team at Everlast, so go and check them out. Yeah, fantastic. Now, when we'll come back, we'll hear from the scoring machine, Sean Redditch, Damo. And when you think of Sean, what, what comes to mind first? I mean, I know we, we see from the outside what he did on the court. What comes to mind from you as a teammate of his for 10 years? Oh, the two things. The most elite player I've ever played alongside insofar as did every single cliche 1% that you ever hear sports people talk about. Ice baths, diet, nutrition, sleep, extra work before and after training, weights, so on and so forth. Just number one. Yep. Secondly, 
he would be enjoying his holidays. He, <laughs> he will have his feet up somewhere, in the, probably by the beach somewhere, enjoying some downtime with his family. I can't wait to disrupt that, <laughs> upset his holiday routine. And, uh, and get him in trouble with Gretchen, I'm sure. She, yeah, she probably has a whole day planned out for him and the kids. But no, nah, we're going to give him a call. Hopefully he picks up and uh, we'll see exactly what he is doing. No, fantastic. When we come back, we'll speak to the scoring machine. Okay, back here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle and back to an old friend, the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. How do we find you, Sean? You're surviving the heat. And secondly, Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you guys. Yes, uh, trying to survive the heat. Uh, it's a little bit different weather than uh, I'm used to back in Nebraska growing up on a Christmas. So um, <laughs> I'm uh, loving spending time at the beach uh, Christmas time and uh, a little bit of reprieve today, but uh, it's been, uh, yeah, enjoyable. Christmas time. How does your skin hold up? You, you're pretty fair skin. Do you, has your has your skin tone got used to the sun now, or or ha, how do you find it? Do you come home burnt most days? A lot of sunscreen. All right, <laughs> so uh, didn't have to really put the sunscreen on growing up in Nebraska. But uh, slip, slap, slop. They've uh, they've got me in the WA lifestyle over here. So I spent all my Christmas budget on, on sunscreen. I think. <laughs> Don't worry about the tan. We're at the rig. I mean, you're retired now. You've been retired a few days. Are you still whipping that shirt off and feeling good about yourself, or similar to me, have you enjoyed yourself a little too much since retiring? <laughs> well, I've uh, since since COVID hit, I created my own little home gym. So uh, I try and uh, keep up with the young buck. But um, yeah, it's uh, I think the scale is tipping a little bit more higher up each time I step on it these days. Well, I, I created my own home gym as well, but it's collecting dust, and that's about <laughs> it. But it looks good. We're ready to go in case I ever do decide to give myself a kick up the bum. Hey, look, there's not a whole lot we can talk about over the last round, two games. <laughs> so we might we might get into some more generic questions about the season as a whole and what you've seen so far and your thoughts. Uh, look, I think it's, it has been uh, tough. I think it's only going to get tougher over the next couple months, um, trying to fit all these games in. Um, just seeing, you know, it's got, you, you look at the NBA, it's just a bit of a microcosm of what's happening in the entire society. So, um, the amount of players that the NBA teams are having us on and, and just to be able to field teams. I think uh, there was a game today that, that Miami couldn't field eight players, so they had to cancel their game today. So it's it's one of those scenarios where uh, it's going to be which team can kind of keep everyone healthy and, and play the games. Um, you know, a bit unlucky with the Wildcats having to travel over and then, uh, you know, to get there 12 hours later, find out that the, the game's been canceled. So uh, hopefully, they, you know, for their sake, they're going to be able to get a lot of games in while they're away. But it's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of tough to gauge so far, I find, with the teams. It's a bit um, up and down. And, I, you know, I think the Wildcats in, in Melbourne United um, and probably the Phoenix are playing the best so far in the, or in Illawarra. Um, but I think after, after that, it really drops away. Yeah, I think we do have... You know, Tasmania, first time in the league. You know, it's great to see them get it, notch up a couple of wins. But I think Tassie, Cairns with Machado out in particular, that just really hurts them. Breakers. Breakers, you know. And there's everyone's got excuses, don't get me wrong. But those three between core players, an inaugural club, and a team spending the whole season on the mm. road, you know, they've got some pretty good reasons. And, not and Adelaide look poor too, and they've got no, the no reason for it. They're the yeah. real surprise. I think they're Australian. And Sean, you came up against Daniel Johnson a lot. You know, what do you make of their Australian contingency? And is it the imports letting them down or the chemistry? What do you see Adelaide's downfall currently, uh, albeit early stages? I think they're just trying to find their identity. Um, you know, I think for the longest time, especially under Joey Wright, and it probably suited their personnel, they were trying to outscore people and mm. Get ninety to hundred, you know. When we were scouting them, it was just literally run back on D. You may not even go for an offensive rebound because you just wanted to stop their transition. So you know they they had a year under under Connor, and and so I think they're trying to find themselves. Um, you know, Sunday Detch um, being out, I think that has hurt them. I think he's kind of that glue guy that they need. Um, Mitch McCarron, he's been okay, but he hasn't probably. You know, I kind of thought him coming over from Melbourne when they had really a stacked team. I thought he would take a little bit maybe more scoring role than we yeah, saw we, in the we, past. We, we talked about that last week. He's been really passive offensively, hasn't he? Yeah, and I think, he, I mean, when he came into the league, he was a three-man. I remember we were, he was, 
he was, you know, you couldn't box him out. He was getting offensive rebounds, and he's kind of one of those guys that can do a lot of little things. Um, but, you know, I think he, for that team to be successful, he needs to probably be a little bit more aggressive offensively as well. A little one-two game between him and, and Daniel Johnson could be what, what they need, I think, as well. Yeah, I think I, I – well, I do agree with the identity. And I think, Mitch, I'd love to see him play off the ball a little bit because off a pin down into a curl, playing in the on-balls. But when you're the point guard – and you've got, you know, guys like Humphreys, Johnson, you know, obviously the imports. Sometimes you get caught up in your own head as do I have to run place for them 80% of the time and do I get to do something for myself or is it, you know, how do you juggle it? I just want him to be in scorer's mode and put him on a wing, you know, more of that 2-1 combo opposed to being a straight point guard. But I'm not a coach and I'm maybe, sure that's Maybe that's where Sunday, Sunday coming back helps, yeah. where Sunday can do a lot of that ball carrying. Yeah, and I think you will because Sunday can play point, mm. facilitate and then pick up full court, turn them twice in the backcourt, play 90 feet. But... No, there's still plenty of talent on that roster, and and I love CJ as a head coach. I'm sure he'll do good things for the the rest of the season. Standouts for new imports, Sean. I love getting your take. You know, someone like a Franks in particular, you know, how would you guard someone like a Robert Franks or or going into the key and you've got a couple of seven-footers out Mm. there these days, seven-two and seven-foot We spoke to Laos last week and Laos didn't want to go anywhere near the paint. (laughs) He said he was picking and popping (laughs) if he was playing against those boys. But what's your take on some of the new guys in the league, in particular the bigs? Yeah, I, I love Franks. Yeah. He is, um, you know, if, if Brisbane haven't put a, a two, three-year deal to mm. him by the end of January, I'd be very surprised. Um, you know, I, I didn't know a lot about him, um, but the first time I watched him play um, against against the Wildcats, and I was, you know, I was I was really impressed. And, and, you know, he can just do everything out on the court. And you, you look at his, there's no real weak weaknesses. I mean, usually a guy like that is super athletic and, you know, can score in the paint. You, you can't shoot, but yep. he can flat out shoot the three ball as well. So um, I think he, he, you know, he's looking like he could be a, uh, an all NBL player and someone I could see depending on, um, you know, what happens. But he's kind of that perfect prototypical four man in the NBL. You know, he may not get a lot of looks just because he's six foot eight in the NBA, but, you know, he's a guy who could play in the NBL for a long time. So, um, yeah, I loved seeing the matchup between him and Vic Law. That was uh, that was fun. Damo, you were there on the sideline. What was Vic Law chomping at Brisbane every time he scored? Well, it was more at Patterson. So, and then at the bench. So, I think there must have been a knock about his three point shooting or something like that mm-hmm. because it was the threes in particular. He seemed to take great pleasure in reminding the bench that he can flat out play. But then, even at one stage, Franks and Patterson were both doing some damage at the offensive end, and I think Scott wanted to put. Uh, law on Franks. Patterson had scored back-to-back and he was like, no, 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 I've got Patterson. So, you know, you love that, you know, rivalry. You love guys that want to be able to step up to the plate in those circumstances and Law pretty much flat out told Morrison, no, no, give me another shot on on him and and he did a good job. But, yeah, it was personal out there and it was (laughs) was great to see, uh, you know, courtside doing a bit of commentary and they're just having a bit of chirp at each other and I dare say a few messages were exchanged after the game once the (laughs) Wildcats got the dub. Well, we're probably lucky that we had crowd there because I remember uh, the game where they didn't have the crowd uh, when they played the Sydney Kings, and you could just hear everything was happening (laughs) out on the court. So uh, I think they would have had to tone down the the mics. Um, I think they might have to tone down the mics for all the coaches this year. I think Mm. there's been a a few uh, please explain uh, emails being sent after a lot of games when they're going into these timeouts. I think a lot of these rookie coaches aren't realizing uh, (laughs) the mics are live. (laughs) They really are. They really are. Especially the American coaches. They're just not used to it. No. It's uh, it's it's incredible that the footage can go in there and not just watch the players, but actually hear the coaches. Mm. I think it's great access. Great vantage. I was very unhappy that the camera was filming James Duncan's stand-up timeout too. He, <laughs> yeah. he wanted the cameraman nowhere near them. Yeah, no, When the, for those listeners out there, if you ever see a coach standing up at a timeout, it means there's not that I have any footage and yeah. definitely oh, no mics. Yeah, you don't have footage, you, but no you, mics. You can film it. You can so, film so, it, but no but, mics. But, but, but Big Greg, the seven-footer, he didn't even want, want any footage of it at all. No, it means um, the players are out to copper spray <laughs> and it's not <laughs> fit for anyone's ears listening in. Now, Damo talked about some imports, Sean. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the two with the Sydney Kings. Obviously, Jarrell Martin's playing well, but we've hardly seen Jalen Adams or RJ Hunter at all. We're five rounds into the season. How much time do you give them? In, in, a, in a normal year, um, if you could have brought replacements in, do you think you would have already? Oh, look, I think it's it's tough. Um, and they've been so up and down as well. And mm-hmm. then, you know, not having Vasilovic for a few games and him kind of working himself 
into shape as well. But they're gonna, you know, that team there, they really need their their imports to yeah. fire. So it, it'll be interesting. I think if you do make a change, it's gonna have to be, you know, fairly soon. You don't want to uh, be losing too many games, um, and you just want to get that chemistry right as well. I mean, a lot of these teams haven't been able to get their normal preseason game. So you're kind of learning on the fly these first four or five rounds. But um, you don't want to leave it too – I mean, with the borders opening, it probably gives you a little bit longer. You can make that change. But, you know, the fact that they haven't made that change, they must have seen something they really like in the trainings that they have been able to see them play. So uh, hopefully they're they're taking that long-term – um, game, but you, you know it's tough when you got two guys down like that. Mm-hmm. They have um, Jarrell Martin has played well, but they need a little bit more. And uh, you know, for a team that wants to get up and down and play high tempo and almost try and outscore their opponents, they're actually not scoring that many points. So uh, they're they're going to need some a little bit more scoring power if they're going to play that style of basketball. Now, Sean, you've obviously high, high, high basketball IQ. You're still involved with Redditch Academy with the commentary. Would you ever put your hand up to take on more of an official coaching gig with the Wildcats or, or any team in the NBL? Oh, uh, look, I don't. I've, I've been asked that question over over the years. You've been um, asked that a lot by me, haven't you? Done, um, <laughs> Mikey usually likes to throw that at me <laughs> once uh, once a year, but uh, you know, I really enjoy the coaching side of it, um, and I'm enjoying the youth side. Um, and I have talked to a few coaches that have kind of made that transition from you know saying the youth saw it up into the professional and, you know, there's been a bit of mixed bag on, on what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy. Um, I think also my son, you know, he's 11. So it'd be able to be, uh, go to his games and, and coach him and, and be a part of a club at like Perry Lakes Hawks has been, um, Can you a please lot of start fun. teaching him how to pass? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't get across. You don't get uh, recruited to come from America to Australia to pass the ball. <laughs> all, all I know is uh, Greg High has a son who's three or four, and I know Dylan will never pass it to him either. It's just in that bloodline between the two families. <laughs> uh, poor Greg, that was his only chance of a dunk that you denied him. Mate, he wasn't going to dunk it. I don't care what Greg tells you. <laughs> yes, there was an instance where I kicked ahead of Sean. Maybe technically Greg was 10 metres ahead of Sean wide open. <laughs> Greg claims that had he been past the ball, he was going to get his first and only NBL dunk. Sean went down and dunked it instead. The crowd went nuts and Greg's never forgave him. But, uh... Well, uh, and, and let, let's be honest. This was towards the end of my career. I didn't get very many opportunities to dunk either. I might have been my only dunk of the season as well. So, uh, you know, sometimes I did a quick calculation in my head and uh, I figured out, you know what, I've just got to do it. <laughs> I've had this discussion with Matty Knight about the team we've assembled here for Hoop 7's basketball hustle about who could still dunk. Matty says he never could anyway. Um, we, we're, we're pretty sure Lowes probably can't anymore. I don't know if any of are sure, our only chance. We're pretty sure Gibbo never could. <laughs> Damo, you used to be able to... You, Matty agreed. You were probably the best dunker out of the bunch, but pro- probably not now. Bevo certainly never, oh, only never could. Only if Luke Sensor is under the basket <laughs> waiting for him. Well, Love yeah. the seven-footer. But, 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 sure, but are you our last hope, Sean? Can you still dunk? Look, um, I, I still at the end of my camps, um, I always get the kids asking me to dunk. I always tell them, you know, you got to wait till the last day. <laughs> you know, I have moved to a size five basketball. I have to have it really, <laughs> really deflated. Don't don't tell the campers this. Um, it's got to be deflated so I can really grip it. <laughs> um, I still have been able to, even though uh, I, I thought once I reached 40, I was definitely done. But there's going to come, I, I reckon it's, it, it's going to be soon where I'm going to go up to try and dunk it and not be able to pull a hammy or a cap or something. I remember when they brought in the 20th anniversary or 25th anniversary team, James Crawford. Mm, that's in, right. in his yeah, 50s, re- yep. two-hand reverse slam yep. is easy. Like the Alabama slammer still has it. Uh, but I don't think uh, the team is going to Well, be- and let's be honest. He used to hit his – you know, he used to touch the top of the backboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, you and I, Damo, we – just barely get over the rim. We were just happy to dunk. <laughs> you do it. Windmill reverse. Uh, Sean, you mentioned Redditch basketball. Um, my Christmas at home, Damo, you don't know this. Um, so I went, went, to, went to see my family on Christmas on Christmas, and we gave out our presents. And, and have a guess what? All three of my sister's kids, my mum, my, my sister, and Laura, they all opened up and they got Redditch basketball T-shirts. And oh, it was bad Santa gifts. Bad no. Santa. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 sure. Now, it was quite a Christmas, Sean. It's pretty pretty special. I think I'm going to 
get the whole family together and everyone's going to be around the table wearing a ready to basketball shirt. I'll continue on that because I go to camp still and clinics still, and these aren't ready academy clinics. These are you know run by different people. Yeah. And I, I'd look around, and there's as many Redditch mm. Academy shirts as there are Bryce Cotton jerseys. <laughs> it's incredible, mate. For all the listeners out there, and don't be humble because I think it's amazing what you're doing. Can you take us through what Redditch Academy is or Redditch basketball is through the, the before school hours to the clinics to the, the camps themselves? Because it's amazing what you're giving back to the sport. Yeah, well, it all kind of started uh, towards the end of my career. Still want to be involved in basketball. And my daughter was playing netball at the time, and every single one of her her, uh, her friends were playing about or playing netball. And um, I asked them if they wanted to play basketball, and they all told me no. So um, I thought, well, we've got to change that. And uh, and so yeah, we started uh, running the programs at the local primary schools. I think we've got about forty primary schools at the moment. I think I had a Christmas party with all my coaches. Um, we had a oh, I think 25 and had another five or 10 that couldn't make it. So, um, we've got, uh, you know, we're, we're slowly building up basketball, um, to where I think it should be. And, uh, you know, we're seeing like, some explosion with, um, with interest. I think one from, you know, the success of, especially here in WA, the Wildcats and all the work that, uh, you know, the club has done throughout the years, but also just the fascination with the NBA, you know, the Boomers, Patty Mills, I think just basketball. And, it, you know, it's one of those games where there's a lot of highlights. So you're getting social media, you know, everyone. I, I don't personally use TikTok, but apparently they tell me TikTok, everyone, <laughs> you know, watching all the videos. So I think there's just this explosion with basketball um, and we're, we're playing a small part of it and, uh, you know, be able to see the kids pick up a basketball. And, and it's fun now. We're seeing a lot of them running for four years now. And some of those that started in year one, um, they're playing, um, you know, playing wobble now and, and playing at a really high level and you're just seeing the impact of just picking up a basketball when they're in year one and uh you know dribbling around giving them one to take home and um it, you know it's one of those great sports where you can play at home as well and so it's it's fun we're we're seeing uh, just taking the game to them and we're enjoying just watching the the kids grow and then fall in love with the sport that you and i fell in love with as well yeah, and you know, then come school holidays, I think you've got three different stadiums between mm. Lords, Perry Lakes, oh, the Bendo Basketball Centre, and a third one. You're booking out as well, which is brewing, and I see you doing some individuals as well. So, Well, well Sean, just on that, what camps do you have planned for the, these school holidays? Yeah, we've got a little bit of break, which I'm enjoying uh, at the moment, but yeah, we've got uh, camp at Bendat and then another one at Lords that same week and then the following week got our Wobble Kids um, at Bendat and then um, we've got another one at, at Lords as well going kind of a satellite because um, it was filling up so um, I'm not sure we can even promote time. it for you though they're sold out aren't they? I don't think we can even try to sell it for you. <laughs> You've got to get on the waiting list Damo we'll, we'll, try, we'll see if we can fit you in but we uh yeah, it's it is it, popular, and I think it's yeah, it's a big thing that uh, you know basketball and um, you know indoor sport. Um, parents can come watch a game in an hour. It's uh, you know I think if, if basketball Australia, I think they're doing some great things. Basketball WA, everyone's doing. If everyone does their part, I I think you know basketball could overtake AFL, especially here in WA, um, with the next couple of years. Yeah, and oh, I totally agree. I'm biased, obviously, but we're going from second most popular sport in the world uh, to I think we can be number one in Australia because of you can you play year round. There's not as many head knocks. There's mm. you know, different things for parents to love hand-eye coordination. <laughs> Unless you're Matty Knight. Unless you're Matty Knight, yeah. We really have to talk to him about that. Uh, look, mate, before we let you go, uh, one of the segments we have is when we give away our awards, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, which obviously you vote on. And the other one is the Galen Award winner. Obviously, you're a teammate with with Galen Young uh, back in 2009-10, and we dedicated an award to just kind of that the best teammate of the week uh, during the play. And, and I'll hand it over to Piker. He comes up with the nominations. Normally, I give the winner. But I thought being a teammate of Galen's, if you want to quickly reflect on your, th- your memories of Galen and then uh, give this week's award, that'd be great. Yeah, so, Sean, I came up with this award to pay tribute to Galen, and we talked about after his, his tragic passing last year, obviously, how much he, he meant to everybody. So it's kind of the, the best team man, the best best glue man. And when I I feel like he's that's what he was to that 2010 championship team. But... We don't have many games to choose from from last weekend. <laughs> so the nominees are a little bit thin, but I reckon you might be able to pick out of Xavier Cooks, Clint Steindl, Sam McDaniel, Fabian Krislovich, Wani Swaka, Lobulok, and Matthew Delavadova. From the two games we saw last weekend, <laughs> did someone stand out as the guy that was that ultimate team man? 
Yeah, I mean, those, I mean, I love the award. I think it's uh, something that, uh, you, you know, doesn't give enough um, attention to. And you're right, Galen, that year um, especially. I mean, for us to be able to, you know, have that combination between starting Shincher and then come back with Galen, especially when teams tried to um, go into that on ball and, and one of the strongest guys that, that I've played against. So just did all those little things mm. that championship team needs. Um, you know, one guy I was really impressed with and, probably has kind of come out of nowhere was Wani Swakula. Yeah. Um, he, he played outstanding, just did some little things. So he'd probably get my uh, award for uh, this week if, you, um, if you're happy to take my, uh, my <laughs> vote there. I'm very happy with that because he's a guy who lost his contract to the Wildcats, was out of the league and signed as an injury replacement at the Kings. And, and I would have thought that they are very quick to now sign him up and they want him very much part of their future going forward. Beautiful right-hand rip dunk as yeah, well. Nice little, and he's a young WA talent. Yep. Uh, he and Luke Travers grew up together and yeah, just some great state teams they were a part of and national teams. Yeah, Wani's going to have a hell of an NBL season. This was a minor setback, you know, getting cut from the Wildcats, mm. not getting renewed more so. Uh, and I think he's going to go and do bigger and better things. But, yeah, no, we'll take it on board, Shawnee, and we'll go ahead and give – we're not giving out any other awards this week. There's only been two games, but yeah, I figured so while so we've got you, we'll, uh, we'll give out the <laughs> we game. We might have to do a, a double quick um, quick question for you, Damo. Where do you think, Travers, where do you think he'll end up possibly NBA next year? Do you think he gets drafted? Do you think he needs another year of development? Where do you see it? Yeah, I think I don't. I mean, there's got a, there's a lot of development to go still, but I think his best bet and an NBA team that wants him, the best bet is to get him over there now. So you know, he's shown what he's capable of doing. The hardest thing for him is the roster the Wildcats have is where do you fit him in? In particular, once Blanchfield's fit, Nordo's back, Hodgson's out there because he's at the end of the day he's still only what 21, 22. Like he's young, but he's six foot eight with handles, great passing, hell of a rebounder, shot blocker. So if I was an NBA guy, draft him second round, get him in there, work him out every day. If he can knock down that shot beyond the arc on a regular basis, then all of a sudden you've got a six foot eight point guard that uses the on ball well and will facilitate. And if no one collapses down onto him, and get all the way to the ring and, and you know dunk the ball or a little floater. So I'd be getting over getting him over there now if I'm a GM and just saying, all right, let's have you live in the gym. You're going to be our point guard. We've got to work on these weaknesses, but the NBA has those resources to put three hours into it. A shooting coach, a rebounder, so on and so forth, opposed to the Wildcats right now where you know you're traveling, you're in lockdowns, you're delaying games, you're in a deep roster. Uh, I think the NBA, he'll actually be a better fit in the NBA, which I know sounds a bit silly, but he'll be a better NBA player, I think, eventually, than he is in the NBA, just with the style of play and his ability once he gets into his mid-20s. Yeah, I think I think it's a good good point. I think, you know, even playing in the G League, you know, under uh, um, Matty Nielsen or someone where he can still get some of those game reps, I think that, that's going to be important for him as well. Um, you know, it's great that he's getting some minutes um, with the Wildcats that, past year and then this year as well got a little bit more responsibility but it's going to be harder once they get their full roster but being able to get over there and maybe and then and then you get your opportunity right so some if he was there right now he might get a 10-day contract you just never know yeah just being there i mean you look at giddy giddy went to a team where he was always going to play minutes he was always going to be the point guard and they're different style of players don't get me wrong but i think Travers, even though he's like he can play one through four in any league around the world, I think it'll be more so the ball in his hands, facilitator. Whereas right now he doesn't always have that because your best players on the team are still Bryce Cotton, who needs the ball in his hands, Vic Law, who needs the ball in his hands, Nordo when he comes back, so on and so forth. Giddy got that from day one. I think I agree, Sean. I think get him over the G League, say, mate, you're the point guard now. This is a development league in a lot of ways for the NBA teams. Let's just see what we can do. And if he's good enough, he'll flourish and he'll be given a contract. If not, then um, you know, maybe we see him back here, but I'd be giving him an opportunity, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he just does so many of those little things that I, uh, you know, from a, someone that really enjoys the little intricacies of the game, just to watch him play, and his impact is, uh, is fun to watch. And then you think about how old he is, it's, it's pretty scary to me. Did yeah. you ever consider growing a mullet like that, Sean? Oh well, yeah. What what is going on with that? Um, <laughs> is this is this really happening? Is that is that the new style coming back? It seems like you and I have had the same hairstyle for about thirty years. But are we going to have to grow the mullet? 
Uh, stay good. strong, mate. And that, that, everything comes back into fashion every 20 to 30 seconds. So you and I have had our same haircut for 20 odd, and it's any day now. The mullet will have its time, then it'll be back to short back and sides, and you and I will be the fresh look. So and, we're, we're just leading the uh, the charge for the next uh, hairstyle, right. right? I'm going to go with an undercut. Surely it's due to come back as well. Uh, and just quickly, I, I agree with what you said about the intricacies of of what uh, what he does bring to the game. LT, you know, some of the big-time rebounds he gets, he's well above the ring. Some of the mm-hmm. block shots, the help side, the deflections. He reminds me of Jack White, even though Jack White plays the four spot. Mm-hmm. Before Jack got injured with Melbourne, now Melbourne went on to win the championship. They were the deepest roster by a mile, but he was still averaging the most minutes as a mm-hmm. rookie. And, and it's just because they're better when he's out on the floor, and that's with LT. LT may not have a great shooting game, but you'll still see him play decent minutes because he does those little things that, you know, Sean, you said you appreciate, and... And obviously Scott Morrison does, and he does. He just makes his teammates better by being out there. And I think an NBA team will see that. He reminds me of a little bit taller, more athletic Glenn Savile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great call. Yeah. It's kind of uh, just does all those little things. Um, not not particularly the best score, but can score. And I think uh, to me that's kind of his game. Um, and if he keep improving, he'll. Um, yeah, I think he'll he'll have has a huge future ahead of him. Another guy that you had lots of run-ins with too, Sean. So nice memories to re- reflect on. Um, now, Sean, how much trouble have we got you in with Gretchen for delaying your lunch right now? <laughs> well, no, no trouble. I'm just gonna have to uh, reheat it. I think that's all right. It's, <laughs> these days, it's uh, Groundhog Day. You know, I've got to get ready to go back to the beach tonight. So uh, <laughs> all good. Go heat up your lunch, mate. We appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Okay, thank you to the scoring machine for that. And Damo, as I promised at the start of the show, we talked to Sean about those Christmas presents I got, and <laughs> Sean was pretty proud of them, wasn't he? He, he was very <laughs> proud that that it, um, that he made everyone's Christmas in, in my family. But as I said, I'm not sure that those shirts are going to get much wear. Mate, I'm coming over with a lighter <laughs> and some petrol and sending him the footage of me happily burning. No, he's doing a lot for basketball in WA in particular. The whole Pikey family rocking Redditch basketball <laughs> shirts. Might have to get it up on our socials yeah. as a bit of proof. But yeah, next year let's see if we can get you something a little bit better for the kids. I actually got all three of them a pair of the Gaze shoes as well. And and, and <laughs> I love that. And, and I mentioned it to Andrew Gaze. He was very proud. Yeah, very oh, Gaze, Gaze and Redditch, two all-time greats. I love the Gaze still has his shoes. Fantastic. <laughs> He's brilliant. Um, the only thing I was disappointed with, one of the kids cut the tag off their shoes and it had a it had a picture of Andrew Gaze on it and a list of all his accomplishments. And I tried to get get him to read it and say, look, this is who these shoes are. He's a, he's a, he's a legend. He went and threw the tag straight in the bin. And that was it. Didn't <laughs> no. care. Did not care. We'll, go, we'll have to get you to bring that tag in. <laughs> Gaze, everyone knows Gaze is the goat, but sometimes you forget just know, how many accolades he has. He really was a step above everyone else. He's Incredible, incredible. We'll have to read those numbers out <laughs> next show. <laughs> Let's talk about something serious for a second, Damo. We don't talk a lot about WNBL on this show, but there was something quite incredible that happened. I don't know how much you're across it, so I'll try to fill you in as much as I can, but there was an integrity breach that had to be had to be dealt with. So the coach of the Canberra Capitals, Paul Goris, was obviously talking with the referee, Simon Kozier, and trying to get some clarification on the way they were calling certain things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it, if they deliberately planned it to be what it was, but so the referee, Simon Kozier, sent Paul Goris some footage of a Sydney Uni Flames training session that the referees had been overseeing to help with some calls. Yep. Um, obviously, that team is coached by Shane Hill. And Shane, Shane Hill and the, and the Sydney Flames, understandably, very unhappy that their training footage, which they felt... Um, was very much sacred, sacrosanct and not to be seen by the opposition coaches. They, they did play a game not long after that and the Capitals won the game. So they felt like they got a, got the heads up. Um, Basketball Australia dealt with it by suspending the referee, Simon Kozier, for the rest of, I think, for 12 months, so up until the end of 2022. Oof. And Paul Goris, just, in, just for January. So he's suspended for January and then he can resume his duties both as Opal's coach and as as the coach of the Capitals. Um, I don't know if you follow this closely, but what's your reaction to it? I actually hadn't heard that till now. Mm. So clearly both knew they were leaking footage they shouldn't have, or have they claimed that, no, this was 
training video that we knew was getting sent to the NBLs that the NBL referees, WNBL refs, mm. that the refs could use? Or have no. they just cut up footage and sent it on to an opposing coach? I feel like Koja had the footage because it was a flame session and he thought, he probably didn't, I feel like he didn't think that what he was sending was anything wrong and he was just showing Paul Goris, this is the way we're going to be officiating. But from a Flames perspective, he, they felt that they were going to be able to work out what they were running in their sets and mm. what they were training. So I, you never know what anyone's thinking. If you give them the benefit of the doubt, it was innocent. But if you don't give them the benefit of the doubt, it's blatant cheating at, at, yeah. at, at its worst. Well, there is a reason why you have closed-door sessions. Yeah. You know, you don't want to give away secrets to opposing teams, potentially people yeah. sitting in the crowd. And we already saw what the Kings thought of the Hawks, supposed, <laughs> yeah, exactly. supposed spying already. Happened to be the owner, happened mm. to be in the building. Same, the, same owner. Yeah, exactly. The Kings right. owner is the same owner as the Flames. So it's a tough one because the reality is anyone that wants to go and watch a Wildcats training, this is pre-COVID, it's different rules now. Pre-COVID, anyone could walk in and yep. essentially watch training if you gave the manager a heads up. You know. It actually was amazing. If you look at the Wildcats, Rob Beveridge had a very much an open shop. Mm-hmm. Trevor Gleeson, the very much opposite. You had plenty of closed-door sessions with Trevor's coach, but not so much with Bevo. Yeah, and everyone is, is different. You know, Nowadays, a lot of it's more closed, and that's totally fine because mm-hmm. training in particular, that's where you're going to sanctum, that's where you can get away with you know talking a certain way, running set plays, which may be a potential game-winning mm-hmm. set. Uh, defensive strategies, so on and so forth. So even though we can go into timeouts, huddles, you know, whatever we want during a game, it is different because the prior five days has been focused on producing it on that game night. Mm. Uh, so that's the end result of five hard days. Yeah, I know that if uh, we had footage leaked about a game plan, I say we's in the Wildcats, yep. I know I've got to yep. try and yeah. remove myself, yeah. but we would be livid because you you allow someone in there to learn and grow as a coach, or mm. in this case, grow as a, a, a referee, mm. you don't expect them to run with that footage yeah. and go and share it with someone else. Especially the coach that you're playing against exactly in the right. next game. It yeah. seems like a tough punishment, though. A year? Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that to me feels like it was more knowingly centred on opposed to a it complete does, accident. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I honestly, I don't know enough about the story. I can only go off. I'd be livid if I had footage leaked from our yeah. training that was not granted to be shared with other well, people. The only thing we can go off is Shane Hill's reaction. He he clearly feels that the Capitals, a big reason why they beat his Flames team in that, in that game was because of the footage that they received. So that's that's how Shane Hill feels about it. He was the coach. He knows more about it than us. He feels the punishments, especially for Paul Gorris, was well and truly under. Um, but... That's all we can go on. Hey, and we haven't seen suspensions like this in a long no, no. time. This what? is incredible. So I dare say that's the longest we've seen, yep. uh, at least in my playing days. It's the only, I can't think of anything like that either. I mean, no. I, an integrity breach just reads pretty serious, doesn't it, when you just see that written on the sheet of paper? It, it's, it doesn't have good implications. No, and to be honest, this stuff happens a lot, yeah. insofar as maybe not from a referee no, to sure. an opposing coach. Yeah. But there is a lot of scouting reports yeah. that get left or get leaked. Mm-hmm. A lot of footage, you know, I know I played overseas, and you know there's cameras in there <laughs> yeah. that aren't hidden as well yeah. as they yeah. should have been. So <laughs> it's kind of part and parcel sometimes when you play abroad in particular. But, you know, it does happen on our own shores. Mm-hmm. And inevitably with how technology is, is these days, if someone wants to go and cheat and mm-hmm. risk it, you know, you've got to pay the consequences. Um, yeah. This one, I think, it's a little bit more innocent than flat-out blatant cheating. But well, you hope so. Turn we, out yeah, we hope so, because we don't want people that are cheating in our No, and, and I know Gory from, Gory yeah. from my days at the AIS. He's yep. a good guy. Yep. Um, I haven't seen him in 10-odd years, but... He's a championship winner in the WBL. He's a national coach. I mean, he's... Yeah, he's a good yeah, dude. Yeah. A little bit lighter note. Some good news for some players that we've seen out in the NBL. So, obviously, there's a lot going on with the COVID protocols in the NBA, but... Great to see. Cam Oliver signed a 10-day deal with, at the Atlanta Hawks. Scotty Hobson with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Kiefer Sykes, who we saw at the Phoenix last season, with the Indiana, Indiana Pacers. Great to see. And I absolutely love it. And I, I don't want this to come across as negative. <laughs> but Kiefer Sykes, oh, man, he was going. He was as fun to watch as anyone. Was. But if you're Bryce Cotton, mm-hmm. the biggest knock on him was, you know, size, you're a scorer, not a – like a lot of similar styles of play to Sykes. But Bryce, in my opinion, does it better. Yeah, I agree. Do you hear that, that another guy, your height, mm. that you've played against, that you've got an MVP against, you know, gets signed in the Indiana bases? Or do you say, you know what? He went to the G League, he took that gamble, mm. he backed himself, I've stayed here in Perth. Yeah. You know, 
or it doesn't phase him at all. Instead, he's like, no, good on your keeper. That's great news for the NBL, great news for you, great news for your family, and he moves forward. Like, it's, it's a great point because I would have thought just about every import that's out here right now would be thinking the same thing, that if mm. I stayed back home, I could be in the NBA right I'm now. I'm going to get a call up. Yeah. You know, if you're decent in the G League, you'll get a call up at yeah. some stage yeah. uh, or you might get a full contract. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things that's going to be a hurdle to overcome for the NBL with the next stars, yeah. trying to get these young guys out here to get them ready for the NBA when right now the NBA is calling up a plethora mm. of players and, and going deep into the roster now. I thought about asking Sean this question, but I didn't want to stroke his ego too much. So I'll, I'll ask you it instead. Do you feel like if this was happening right now, you were at the peak of your career, you would get an NBA call-up? <laughs> I would be knocking on every GM's door. I don't <laughs> think anyone's opening up. The, the funny thing about the G League is, and I've spoken to an NBA scout about this, is if you're in the G League longer than a year, usually GMs are thinking, okay, there's a problem with it sure. if he hasn't been yep. caught up. Yep. So that's the big risk you do take. And I was chatting to this scout about Franks. Yep. And I said, I, I think this guy's flat out NBA mm-hmm. ready. And he said, look, he, he's on the cusp. Everyone knows about him. But because he had two seasons, I want to say, mm-hmm. in the G League, GM's like, well, why hasn't he made it already? Mm-hmm. Now, I think the club's just flat out got it wrong or he's still in his developing mm-hmm. years. But I think someone like a Franks in yep. particular, if he was in the G League... Yep. Even though he's been there, mm-hmm. if he now that he's done just a few weeks out here, showing mm-hmm. what he's capable of, he'd be back on those scouts top of the list, going, "All right, he really is the next one we'd call up." Mm-hmm. But he's in Australia. Can we do it? Yeah. So I think someone like him that's now left, yeah. dominated, if he came back. He'd be someone they'd call up again. Mm-hmm. That is the risk you take by being in the G League. Is not nah, let's go with someone younger, someone yeah. fresh, someone we haven't seen opposed to giving someone a crack that's yeah. been right in front of them this whole time. Great point. I had a similar discussion with Dusty Hannes, the 36 mm-hmm. is important. He felt like he had stayed in the G League perhaps too long. So yeah. that's why he wanted to come somewhere fresh. And he was sick of the close calls. He had, he had signed a deal last, I think it was April, to go to an NBA team. Something happened with COVID and they ended up needing a big and they signed a big in his spot. He missed out on the deal. And that's when the, it clicked for him that, yeah, I need something fresh and yeah. I need something different and he's come out to the NBL and you know, he's someone, if he stayed where he was, he could be in the NBA given his shooting, but he's decided to take this path and probably a little bit more stability and and probably a bit safer too. So, yeah, I think you make a great point, Damo. Um, not a whole lot to preview for this this round. We've, we've gone from, I think, having six or seven games that we were expecting in, in round five. We were expecting to have a big New Year's Eve and a big <laughs> New Year's Day and a big January too. It's, it's now very much... Very much disjointed, but Friday night, this is a place you spent a couple of your New Year's Eve. Damn it! New Year's yeah. Eve games, I've been. Canned. You would have. Can, <laughs> the Cairns fans are very proud of their New Year's Eve Eve game. They make it a big deal. They'll do a. They'll put on a good show. Um, what will happen on the court though between the Taipans and the Wildcats? Oh, I think the Wildcats will take care of business. Expect to see Matty Hodgson return. Yes. We must be getting close for Nordo. Yep. And no Machado corner. still. And and more so no Machado. Yep. That's just a huge loss. I uh, expect Nate Jawa to have a big game. I yeah. think that he's going to see the ball a lot. Uh, I know that he took advantage of that in the preseason. He was really good against the Wildcats. But I think the Wildcats' depth, uh, Vic Law, the way Vic's playing, mm-hmm. Bryce. I think the Wildcats will win and win by a, mar- a, a solid margin. Who does McCall go to? Does he go to Law or does he go to Cotton? He'll start. I, I think he'll start with Law. There's no separating those two players at the moment. Both are you know, top five in MVP voting yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And just because McCall's that bigger body, you'll throw him on law. See if, you know, some of your younger guys can get under the skin of Bryce. They won't be able to. Bryce doesn't get rattled by anyone. But mm. if he's having a great shooting night, expect to see McCall switch to him pretty early on. Uh, you know, Jared Kenny was a teammate of Bryce. He's, he's been there, guard him a lot. Yep. They'll, they'll throw double teams at him, try and get the ball out of his hand. They'll go one-on-one ball. Whoever McCall is guarding mm. uh, and, and play team basketball and whoever McCall isn't guarding. <laughs> team defensive basketball. So... They're, um, yeah, they've got a big night and big task ahead of them. But in Cairns, they do get a lot of wins. They are tough to beat. Uh, I think boy. it's something like, because they didn't play at the convention centre last season, I think it's something like they've won 19 of the last 21 at the convention centre. Yeah. I think nine in a row it might be by now. No, uh, they are. They, it is. It's, you get to Cairns, and like any home court, there's home court advantage, but Cairns really do seem to take the, make the most of it. We're not considering <laughs> last year. Last year was different. No. New yes. arena. 
Yeah. Uh, but they're back home at Adelaide. Did Did Joe Blake ever have have a sign with you on it? Did he ever have some sort of a some sort of a some sort of a Damien Martin pun? <laughs> no. The the person he got after the most was Martin Catalini. Mm. Cat played up in yeah. the tie pants. Uh, he was MVP for him. He was oh, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Up there. Uh, but he did get a DUI, <laughs> and so I remember the snake, the tie pan, Jake the snake. He uh, he came out. And he pretended to be a police officer. Mm. And while we're in a timeout, he was trying to get Cat to <laughs> take a breathalyzer, and you couldn't help but have a giggle. Oh. So no, he got after Cat. He gets after a few. Players. I love those mascots. I love the croc up in Townsville too. He he, he, yeah. he did a great job. The old hundred percent croc, I think he was. He, he did a, he did a, he did a great job. Only one more game now. We go from New Year's Eve to New Year's Day. If Jack Jumpers at home to Melbourne United, this is a this is a big task for Tasmania. Yeah, it is, and I think Melbourne will take care of business and they'll be expected to take care of business. These are the, the ones you really do need to notch up on the road. You want to win every game at home and win at least 50% on the road, and they would consider a must-win uh, against the Tassie Jack Jumpers. We'd love to see Tassie get one done, another win at home, but Melbourne, reigning Czech Premiers, playing great basketball at the moment, Della Vadova. You know, I don't think we've spoken about him enough. He's mm. just been so solid the last few weeks, doing absolutely everything at both ends. Uh yeah, I just think they're going to be too strong. I think so too. So that's it for this round. That's why nothing interrupts next week. We've got a full round to, <laughs> to preview. Thank you to Hoop7. Thank you to Tab Touch. Did you get anything for Christmas from Hoop7, Damo? I didn't, but I'll be down there just to purchase some presents. <laughs> uh, those that I haven't seen yet, they're still owe. I wait for the Boxing Day sales. No, and uh, no, I'll head on down there and grab some great boxes. Now, I did get a pair of shoes. The first thing I asked was, did these come from Hoop7? And I got... An answer in the affirmative. So very, very <laughs> proud that I've, I've, I've rocking them. That's very, right. very happy that I've trained my family well. Um, now, Damo, this is our last show for the year. So happy New Year to you. What does a New Year's Eve look like for a for a young family now for you when you you can't go out because all the New Year's Eve parties are cancelled unless you're I don't know heading to Gosford Park. I think that's about the only thing allowed. <laughs> so what does your New Year's Eve look like, and what can we expect? in our first show of next year when you, we catch up with Bebo once more. Yeah, looking forward to having a chat with Bebo. Uh, we, well, originally, before obviously there were some rules brought in, I was going to get together with Greg High, his family, uh, obviously Jesse Wagstaff's family, Jesse's on the road, mm-hmm. so the rest of the family, and another basketball friend, uh, Brad Robbins as well, mm-hmm. Brad's family, so three Wildcats, another mate, we're going to have a dress-up party. Uh, all of us put our nominations in a, in a hat and had the little drawer, and I'm not sure who came up with it. I want to say it was Ainsley Hire, Greg's wife. So it's supposed to be a pyjama party mm-hmm. with all the kids, all the mums and dads. Now I think we'll just be at home relaxing, <laughs> use my neighbour's pool again, <laughs> and I'll be asleep by nine. <laughs> so we'll see how we go. Fantastic. Thanks, Damo. Happy New Year.